Hello, hello, Carney. You are listening to the Hub Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Holland, and this is Buck Mahoney. Buck, how was your Labor Day weekend? Not too bad. Got a little golf in. A little golf in? Did you win? No. No? <laughs> so there was any kind of wager? Because I know how you take your golf game seriously. Yeah, there wasn't. No, there was no wager this week. Was it here or was it? Um, no, we played else? here in Southtown. That's good to hear. I'm sure it looks like you had a good Labor Day weekend. Me, I was in Lincoln. I was in Lincoln on Saturday. Got a chance to see the Nebraska Fordham game. It was a fun experience. It was packed, sold out as usual. Nebraska got the win. Fordham's linebacker put up 30 tackles. That was pretty interesting. Ryan Grehagen, I think that's his name. 30 tackles, most of any Nebraska. Most any opposing opponent record against Nebraska. So that was pretty interesting as well. And another thing, <laughs> this is probably a major, they may, even, even though Nebraska got the win, they also kind of lost too. Illinois lost to UTSA. I don't know if you saw that too. That's kind of not a good look for if you're in Nebraska that you lost to a team. Now, granted, they don't, they don't have their quarterback, but still not look good for Nebraska. They didn't have him. After the first quarter of the week before, either. <laughs> exactly. It's, that was not a good level for the Big Ten, of course. But other than that, let's get into down to business. We can start with UNK football. Yeah, they had an impressive win. Shut out Missouri Southern, 38 to nothing. TJ Davis looked good. He had 160 yards in the air, 139 yards on the ground, three rushing touchdowns. UNK defense, they held Missouri Southern up to 184 yards of total offense. UNK had 359 rushing yards. And that game in particular, that's not even the story. It was before that. We were on lightning delay. It was what, two and a half hours of lightning delay, just sitting in a press box. The game was was held out. At the time, I was at I was coming to Carney Catholic volleyball game and I thought, eh, the game was about to be over soon. Did Carney Catholic sweep them? And I thought I was gonna swing by and see the game. And I thought it was gonna be like the third quarter or something. By the time I reached, we were still on delay. <laughs> just but just tell me what just went on in that press box, just sitting and waiting. Well whenever sports writers get together they talk about sports. It's <laughs> sort of the way it went. Uh Talked about high school games. We talked about uh, the Huskers. We talked about the Lopers. We talked about NFL, everything. We're going to talk about Ohio State almost was almost in trouble against Minnesota. Yeah, we were were checking in (laughs) on that game most of the night. Yeah, but all around, the game still went kind of like you expected, like the game will end, like uh, when the game kicks off at 7 o'clock. They managed to get the game going. Um, like around what nine o'clock, nine fifteen ish. Nine twenty was nine twenty. Nine twenty was kickoff and ended before ni- midnight. So I think that's kind of a positive note about it. Thank God for UNK running the football. <laughs> Missouri Southern ran the ball a lot too, which helped move the clock right along and got the game over fairly early. Fairly early than expected. Any takeaways from that game in particular? UNK is still a running team. They're they're. They were more effective passing than what I'd seen in practice, but still a running team, much deeper in the backfield than what I thought before the season started. Offensive line was very effective. Defense was uh, 
the first two series after that, they settled in and really played well. Absolutely. Going back to um, you talking about the depth of the running game, I was just looking at some of the guys. Montrez Jackson, 54 yards. He looked pretty looked pretty effective. Jaquan Connor, he had that 47-yard run. So that's a, that's a really um, good backfield, and I'm sure there's a few more that is also been effective as well. So the running game, it's like I said, just continue the running of football. Also defensively, I didn't realize there was a couple transfers that came from D1. One of them came from what University of Wyoming. That was pretty pretty neat as well. But um, yeah, the defense, defense definitely um, looked apart. The, the defensive line they kept blowing up the backfield. I saw that as well. So good win for UNK. Next up is Pitt State. I'm sure you will agree that will be the true test for UNK, especially after last year when they beat Pitt State. What 31 to 26 was the final score, uh, and that was a COVID COVID year because they that was. One of the two one, games one they played. Carney's two games. Yes. Yeah, that was one of the two games. Pitt coming off their win against uh, come against Central Missouri. Missouri. That's a big win for Pitt. That's kind of well, not really an upset, but that's two of the better teams in the MIAA squaring off. And uh, Pitt quarterback Max Sexton was the MIAA offensive player of the week. So they'll they'll be a much much tougher test than Missouri Southern was. Max Sexton threw for 232 yards, four passing touchdown, rushed for one as well. So, yeah, Pitt State, that's going to be a challenge. And I was also looking at before they beat, before UNK beat Pitt State last year, Gorillas won all six meetings in those last six seasons. So, I don't know that's how important that stat is, but that's definitely going to be a good game to watch as far as an MIAA for perspective. Right. Pittsburgh's been the better program for most of the last 20 years, yes. They're quite the powerhouse, too. I was just looking at their, their stadium and um, just look it up, and it's pretty big. And I'm sure they have a strong fan base as well. UNK Volleyball, uh, looks they can, they're coming from New York. They beat Gannon University in four sets. They look um, pretty expressive as well. But there's another um, thing that stand out about UNK Volleyball. How about Madison Squires? She was voted setter of the week from MIAA. Former um, Carney player, Carney Catholic, I believe. Just looking at her stats, she averaged 10.7 assists, 2.20 digs, 1.33 kills, 0.8 blocks, 0.5 aces per set, averages 0.353 hitting percentages. And she's a senior guided with UNK's offense that, that averages 0.276 on the weekend. This past weekend, so has performed Madison Squires. Got something to say? She's an All-American, and she deserves it. She's probably well. I know she's the best setter in the MIAA, and probably one of the, yeah, she's one of the top two or three in the nation. If, if she was a couple inches taller, she'd be in Division One. Same with John Cook, likely. Well, she'd be in Division One. <laughs> All right, and they they return home on Wednesday. They play against uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's. That's right. Kansas St. Mary, not the Nebraska St. Mary. Yes, the one in Levensworth. I remember that. Remember that name. You were Saint St. Mary in Kansas. Any other takeaways of UNK volleyball? I'm sure you're going to be covering in that on Wednesday. Right, and I'm going to have to learn who some of the players are that we made. Uh, I was looking at their stats, and I'm looking at probably he played four outside hitters, a couple of right side hitters. I'm not sure who his top players are, but he's got a true freshman outside hitter that was the leading attacker in the tournament. 
mm-hmm. over the weekend. Yeah, I, I, he's he's deep and he's he's got a decent squad. They're going to be tough to beat. No doubt about it. The Lopers now are four and zero of the season. Still ranked fourth. Um, what what ranked third today? Wait, just oh, they out. just moved up to third. Yeah. Uh, what? How many? How many MIAA players are now ranked in the top twenty five? Four teams in the top ten. That's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive indeed. Washburn's at number four. Northwest Missouri is like eight, and Central Missouri's at ten. UNK volleyball. They play St. Mary this Wednesday at six, six o'clock. Um, and then they've, they've got their uh, Rosella Meyer Classic over the weekend, playing at noon and 6 on Friday and Saturday. Let's talk about some Carney football, high school, and Carney Catholic. Carney Catholic is coming off a win against Gothenburg, 38-7. to And as impressive as they look, they look on offense, they look just as impressive on defense as well. And you know what, Coach, I was just talking to Coach Harvey after the game. They held Gothenburg with zero rushing yards in the first half. That's correct. That is crazy because knowing that Gothenburg, they do like to run the football, according to what Coach Harvey said, and just keeping them to below them, the rushing yards, um, stopping the run definitely was a key for Coach Harvey's game plan, of course. As far as um, offensively, it goes just 15 seconds into the game. Brett Mahoney throws an 80-yard bomb to Riley Greaser. And I, was, and I saw that highlight, too. It was a simple flare, and... No one was guarding right greaser. He was just throwing at him, and he was gone. Impressive win for Carney Catholic as well. Any takeaways for that? Well, they're up to number four in the state in Class C1. Playing St. Paul this week, which in the past couple years was a big game. Uh, St. Paul graduated a lot of really good players last year, and they're not as good this year. They're 0-2. Still, they'll be ready for Carney Catholic. It's funny that you mentioned that. St. Paul, 0-2, they lost, they lost a lot of key guys. I, I can name them right now. Elijah Larson, he rushed for 2,000 yards. Plays for Missouri Western now. Brandon Nav, who's the quarterback, he's at Doan. Tommy Robleski, Wyoming. So D1 bound for, for the guy. That's, that's a and lot he, of – He was their starting long snapper, by the way. Really? Yeah. That's that's interesting. Starting long snapper for Wyoming? Yep. Wow. <laughs> That's really interesting. Good for him. Good for him. Good for uh, for St. Paul, of course. But now you're mentioning that they're not as good as they were those last six years of being a contenders. Went to state finals last year, lost to Pierce, the, which we're expecting to be a they're the reigning chance. But I'm sure that um, they're likely to return back. Pierce is ranked number one. Yes. They're ranked number one. St. Paul, they they lost to these are the two games that they lost to. They Lost to Pierce in week one, 47 to 25, then lost to Broken Bow the next week, 20 to 6. So those two are expected to be good this year. So that Pierce being number one, Broken Bow looks like they're going to be pretty good as well. They're, they're 2 and 0. I'm starting so, to believe Coach Harvey knew what he was talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So I ask you, Buck, they're starting out 0 and 2, but those are some quality losses. Right. So, and they go against Carney Catholic. Are we saying that is it more of a down year for? St. Paul, or is it more like we? it's still too early to call knowing that they got the tough teams they had to face early on, but then it might get easier later down the road? They'll they'll get some wins down the road, but you don't lose a Robleski and a Larson without feet limit. Uh, of course, of course. 
Carney Catholic, they play St. Paul at St. Paul High School. This will be interesting. I'll be talking to Coach Harvey, and I'll have a preview write-up uh, more into that game coming soon. Carney High, they weren't so lucky. They lost to Omaha Berg. It was 28-21. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Buck. I was keeping track of Ryan Broke. He was tweeting the game. And at first... At first, I was like, okay, they scored seven to zip. It was after coming off that block by Parker Weiss, punt block that set him up to uh, a touchdown for um, Riley Miller to Caden. And I was like, okay, we got something here. But then Omaha Burke, they started getting going. They were up 21 to seven. Um, Devon Jackson, he had a pick six. Uh, and I was like, okay, this might be, it might be a blowout. But then going into the fourth quarter, I was just finishing up uh, with, covering Pleasanton, and I was just saying the game was tied in the fourth quarter. And I was like, okay, they're making a comeback. And it looks like it was a pretty interesting game until that very end when Devon Jackson um, made that game that game-winning touchdown that was 75 yards, I believe. And then after the kickoff, fumble, Omaha Berg um, recovered it, and that's pretty much got the win for Carney High. So my takeaways for that game in particular is that the positive thing is for Carney is they managed to make the comeback and tie the game up against um, the Bulldogs. And they hung around with them. So you got to get props for them. And it pretty much seen that Coach Cole, you will tell me as well, that they can hang out with any team that that's in front of them. And this is one of those metropolitan areas that, Given the opportunity, they can find a way to escape. They weren't so lucky, and that goes on the downside of it, is one of the things that I'm very concerned, even going against their next game against North Platte, they struggle against the run. I think that's probably the weak point for the Bearcats. I was just looking at their stat that they allowed 233 rushing yards against Burke. Even before that, against Grand Island, they struggled against their running their running tag as well with Keaton Fife and Chase Christman. They went over 200 against Carney as well. And now going into North Platte, they got a, a top-tier player themselves, Vince Genitone, who's got offers from Southern Miss, Northern Arizona, South Dakota State. He's going to be a, a tough guy because he's a violent runner. He's also a downhill runner at linebacker as well. So that's going to be, to me, a deep concern for the Bearcats. The North Platte is coming to Carney. And that's going to be at 7 o'clock. But that's going to be a definite concern if they can't get their tackling up to par going against a guy like Gina Tone. Your thoughts on that? Again, I have confidence in Coach Cool, Coach Archer. They'll get, sure. they'll have a defensive scheme ready for North Platte. The biggest concern I have is North Platte's just got a lot more speed than Carney does. I think we saw that in track last year. Big fastback. He's going to be he's going to be a load. Again, you're, you're talking Carney at home, North Platte. Is you know, North Platte's ranked number six. Carney's ranked number nine. You, you have to give the edge to North Platte, but it's the game's here. It, it'll be it'll be close. I think it'll be an interesting matchup, being that of course they got Gina Tone, but they got guys who can probably run with Gina Tony as well. I think Parker Weiss and Gina Tone will be a good match. It's like a good like a, a good matchup you can per se. I mean. Parker Wise, he might not be as athletic compared to Vince Genitone, but I think he can hang around with him. He can probably defend him. He can probably get to him, but it goes back to what I said earlier is that 
and it's not just him, but it's everyone else on the def- everyone on defense. If you're not making your tackles, if you're not wrapping up, because I saw a lot of hand tackling from the Omaha Burke game and even the Grand Island game. So many hand tackles, and even if they do wrap up, they don't finish the t- they don't finish the drive, and that that leads to breaking the running backs breaking the tackles against Carney's defense. They can create turnovers, and the offense are going to continue to move the ball well and create points. So I wouldn't expect anything less than a, a high-scoring game, if you could say. But it's going to come down to can they stop Gina Tone and their run and their run support. So that's probably going to be the takeaway for that game. I'll take the unders. <laughs> All right then. All right. Okay, so I got a game for you, Buck. Um, I don't know if you're up to it, but this is going to go ahead. We're going to finish this off. We're going to give out some uh, some awards. We want to um, award a lot of our top performers of for our area, our area teams that we cover, including Carney and Carney Catholic as well. So my top performer for on the boys' side, I mentioned that I was at Pleasanton covering the Pleasanton Axtell game. First of all, Pleasanton is big. I I did not realize that. Those are some big guys out there. They got a they got Carter Klein, who's like six foot five, three hundred six pounds. That's what he listed. Um, getting recruited by UNK. They got this other kid named Chase Palowski. He looked really good. And then there's this guy named Trevin Went. Trevin Went had twenty carries, two hundred fifty six yards, four touchdowns. Those first three carries alone, he had two hundred twelve yards. I'm telling you. Pleasanton was up 8-7, to zip, and I thought this was probably going to be a low-scoring defensive game. Both defenses were getting at it, going at each other. But it was that third quarter, they decided to run the ball more and gave the ball to Trevor. When he was gone, first carry, 60, what, 70, 73 yards. The next carry, 65 yards. Next carry, 70 yards. He was already over 20 yards in three carries. And that was just very interested in. It was not just how the way it's not just him breaking tackles, but the way he, the way how shifty he is, the way he reads his blocks, and the way he cuts inside. And it was just a foot race. After that, he's my top performer on the boy side. Hey Amen. There's no such thing as a defensive struggle, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's even worse than six man. There, there's no such thing as defensive struggles. <laughs> Um, but Trevin's a good player. He started as a freshman and was pretty impressive then. He's a junior now. He was all he was our all-region running back last year. He's a good player and good defensively too. And hard, you know, you don't notice it so much because he's he is such an outstanding offensive player. Can, uh, threat to run back kicks too. He's yeah. been he's been impressive for a couple of years. He has been impressive offensively and defensively. I feel to mention that he also had six tackles and a sack. So he's everywhere. So he definitely get my top performer on the boys' side. Do you have one in mind, Buck? Not so much a single performer, but uh, a couple of interesting results last week. Ansley Litchfield bounced back from its loss to Anselmo Myrna to beat Ravana. 
kind of surprised me after the first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though uh, Bertrand got beat by Dundee County Stratton, uh, we, again, talking in the press box before the game, the Loper game, somebody that had been out to Julesburg and seen Dundee County Stratton play and said they were the real deal. Mm. And uh, Bertrand played them tough. That was kind of interesting to me. Okay. Now, I'm going to go on the girls' side. Ashley Keck. Oh, my goodness. Ashley Keg was impressive in in, um, Cavs volleyball um, win against Hershey. It was their first home game uh, after going on the road in the the first three matches. Ashley Keg finished with 20 kills, four aces. Three of those aces were back-to-back, and that's what made it so impressive. Their serving all around that was very impressive. Uh, I believe that all Cavs as a whole had eight aces. Four of them came from Ashley Keck. She get my top performer on the girls' side. And Carney Catholic, they remain undefeated. But what five and all? So that that's gonna be my takeaway from um, my top performer on the girls. She's also committed to University of Concordia, and just like her perform team, Ashley Wishmine, she's already there herself. So she was telling me how Concordia is on to come up, and as a volleyball um, for volleyball program as well. So Ashley Keck, she's my top performer representing for Carney Catholic. Ashley's a good player again. She was all region last year. She was their leading hitter last year. Uh, she'll be their leading hitter this year. I was interested to see who else Kearney Catholic had for front row players because they they graduated a lot. Oh, I wanted to see who they had. Minden's been the surprise team for me. They're eight and one right now, and uh, Sloan back with the Camry sisters. They've really been playing well. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they're eight and one, to be real honest, and that they're playing well. Overton graduated two all region players last year, and they're undefeated yet. They're playing very well. Jolie Ryan playing well for them. Sumner's still unbeaten. Amherst is unbeaten, which isn't a surprise. They went state last year with a young team, but we'll see how they do having moved up to Class C two. But uh, that makes for an interesting Fort Kearney conference. Sumner is unbeaten. Overton's unbeaten. Amherst is unbeaten. Pleasanton's still decent. They're two and two, but don't count them out. Axtell's played well. Wilcox Hildreth is playing well, so which is a bit of a surprise too. So Lewis is doing too bad. So the FKC right now is looking pretty good and pretty competitive. It's just a matter of time, and one of them might make it a state. Probably get a couple there. You might get a couple there. Maybe three. <laughs> All right. Uh, any last words before um, we sign out, Buck? Kearney High has their invitational volleyball tournament this weekend on Saturday. Uh, Bearcats will play Grand Island, Grand Island Northwest, North Platte. And they'll end up with Gretna, and Gretna right now is 7-0. So Gretna's looking good. And I will have that game covered on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. NFL season is NFL week, Buck. You excited? <laughs> call, uh, call me about the first of November, then I'll get interested in the NFL. Oh come on, man. do do you even have a uh, at least a Super Bowl prediction? Well, yeah, I, give, I, give I still like the Chiefs. Going with the Chiefs, that's 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 too easy. That's too easy. But that'll be the third consecutive year they make to the Super Bowl. Who's who's under the radar? You could say I can give you one under the radar. Yes. I don't know if anybody's under the radar in the NFL. <laughs> I'll tell you one. My Miami Dolphins. This is Peter Holland. Good luck with that. <laughs> this is Peter Holland. This is Bug Mahoney. Um, thank you for listening to the Hub Sports Podcast. And 
follow us on social media at Sports Hub Blog or follow our personal um, Twitter accounts at HubSports underscore Buck or follow my Twitter page underscore D-A underscore P-I-S-T-O-L. That's the pistol. Send us the emails. We'd like to hear from you guys. We'd like some feedbacks. Email us at sports at carneyhub.com. Thank you for listening to the Hub Sports Podcast, and we'll see you next time.